0: Welcome to this edition of Morgan You Ask For podcast. Um, we're on a Tuesday night, kind of our back to our regular night here. Uh, Yankees and Red Sox are playing right now. Red Sox are ahead three to nothing. Um, go Red Sox. Uh, we've got several Yankees fans that we know that aren't real happy right now. And actually, it's just three to one. Um, Rizzo just hit a home run. So now it's three to one. So in the top of the six. So we'll go with that. Um, I know we're going to bring Trevor right in, uh, usually we do college and then the NFL, but, uh, really the story, um, of the football weekend, um, was, uh, urban Meyer and, and what he was doing in, uh, Columbus this weekend and, and the, everything that came out. And, you know, it, it kind of does go into college because for some reason, if he doesn't come back to Jacksonville, does he take the USC job? Um, so this is, a this is a story that isn't just about the NFL. I mean, it really is in back and I know it was a joke or whatever, but I did see on Twitter today did uh, USC plant these people plant this girl there to, <laughs> to get him in trouble with Jacksonville or Jacksonville doesn't want him anymore. so did Jacksonville plant this girl there and whatever and, and, and I guarantee that's all jokes, but it is kind of funny because it does not seem to be working out in Jacksonville um, with him. Uh, Players aren't happy and they're really not happy now. Um, And then obviously there's lots of speculation of going to USC and everything. Um, You're kind of more the NFL expert and follow up on this stuff a little bit more than I do, but uh, Trevor, just give me your thoughts and what you're hearing and everything. Well, speaking of USC,
1: they're paying off a lot of money for uh, some stuff that they had going on recently, a sex scandal, or I haven't even looked into it, but you almost wonder if we, if they've taken Urban Meyer off their list of candidates for next year because of all this, as good as a college coach as he is, do you really want to bring him in? But going back to Urban Meyer, Thursday night after the game, I was thinking I'm going to come on the show here and say some nice things about the Jags. I thought they played good uh, for the most part. They've, they've gotten better each week. Uh, they, they played pretty well for a while against the Cardinals the week before. This week, this past week, they went to uh, Cincinnati on a short week. And had a 14-nothing lead at halftime. The only criticism I had that game is I thought that Urban Meyer made a mistake by not taking a field goal on fourth and goal before half to go up seventeen nothing, three scores and say he tried to go for it, got stopped. Uh, but really that's kind of irrelevant at this point. Now it's about what went on. And I didn't realize until Saturday night that he was still in Ohio. I just assumed he flew but yeah, he, he stayed team. in Ohio. And I don't know if that's normal. I have no idea. It's not normal. No, it's every, uh, Mike Lombardi except in his 35 years of being in the NFL, being a GM or whatever he's done, he's never not seen a coach fly back with the team. All the players that I've heard this week, handful of them, they've never seen a coach stay behind. Even though Urban gave the players the weekend off and the coaching staff, I assume they've never seen a coach not fly back with a team and, and Lombardi brought up a good point. It, it sets a bad precedent now because you just lost a game. You're owned for, and you're not flying back with your team. You, you're the leader of the team. And what's going to happen a few weeks down the road, if you're still the head coach and a player, or players want to stay behind somewhere in the city and you go, no, we, we fly back as a team. Right. He's, he's got no hand now. Right. And it was, it was a bad look. I, I don't understand it. And, and another thing on that too is, it's only the fourth week of the season. So if Urban maybe before that game or during the week or even after the game, if he goes to his coaching staff and says, "Hey, you know, we're going to give the players and the staff the weekend off because it's a it's a short week. Give them the weekend off. It's only week four. You're zero four. This isn't week nine or ten. You need to be preparing for Tennessee. You've got three extra days there to to get ahead on them. So I almost wonder if Urban gave the, the team the weekend off
0: because he wanted it off, not because he thought the team needed it. Yeah, it definitely could be, um, you know, and, and you know, being, you know, around, you know, college football and stuff and where we had different players and, and different timings, not like during the, during the season, obviously not. And obviously college football, you really don't have very many of those Thursday night in the middle of the season games or anything. Uh, but, you know, we would go, you know, like the Thanksgiving game was always one that was kind of weird. The week of Thanksgiving, because you didn't have school or anything. And if we played on the road and family was closer, uh, people didn't come home. But the coaches never. I mean, they always went home. And, and Urban Meyer could have flown home, got on another plane, and flown right back to Columbus and been there later that night. I mean, if he wanted to. It's not I'm, even that, that night. I'm not even worried about Thursday night. He should have been in the building Friday.
1: Right. The player's and the coaches have the Friday off. Right. There's still players coming in for therapy injuries. Yeah. He needs to be in there asking them how they're doing them. Uh, I know it sounds corny, but you know, thanks for playing. Thanks for giving it all tap them on the sh- shoulder. I know it sounds dumb, but he needs to be in the building, at least on Friday, why those players are in there getting treatment.
0: Oh yeah. Cause the, I mean, for someone that hasn't ever played football, if people don't understand how sore those guys are, every single one of them, if they played the night before they are sore, um, And, and 90% of them go in for some type of treatment and it's not even for an injury. It's just, you know, get a massage to get the, just everything out, just get a little workout in to get that lactic acid out and everything. 90% of those guys are in there probably before noon on, on Friday, you know, they would have got home really late. So, I mean, they're not going to get in there at eight o'clock. But most of those guys are in there sometime on Friday. Uh, not even like you said, not watching film, not watching, just getting their bodies right. Because it doesn't matter how much film you watch, how much studying you do, if you can't play the next week, it doesn't matter. Yeah, and,
1: and think about the coaches. I, I don't know if the coaches necessarily had the weekend off, but if they did, I, I guarantee you know how coaches are. I, I guarantee some coaches were in there all weekend watching yeah. film. And where's the leader of the team at?
0: And, uh, he's behind the and, and then the, the, the flip side of that now is it's with today's technology, you can do everything he can do in his office at Jacksonville. He can do in Ohio. There's not I, one I, thing I, he can't do. So, I agree I mean, with that. So, so that is to say that he was in Ohio, not working. Isn't true. I, I guarantee he was, he he's a crazy guy. The best story i ever had is, is Dan McCarney came back to Iowa State and I was there and everything. And, you know, he worked for Urban Meyer when they won one of the championships of Florida. And the day after they won it, they met as a staff and he and he was ready to go for the next year. And that's him and Nick Saban. They don't stop. They're 100 mile an hour the entire time. So to say he wasn't working, I don't believe that. Now, I don't agree with him not flying back with the team. And then again, getting on another plane you know, he can have it hire a, a private, you know, the wheels up or net jets or whatever. He could hire that. He's got plenty of money. Or I would almost guess he has a deal worked out with the owner of where he would get so many hours of private plane, uh, plane use from the Jacksonville owner. You know, he would let him, that guy would own a plane. I promise yeah. you that, you know, and, uh, cause a lot of those college coaches do that, uh, you know, and NFL guys, that's part of their deal is they get so many hours of private flight time because it is just so much easier not to go in an airport and not and just get somewhere faster. So that that is disappointing. But to say he wasn't working in Ohio is not true. I guarantee that.
1: No, I, I agree with you. he was working. Like you said, you got iPads, the phones, laptops. He can someone's got to cut all the film down, and send it to him. It just my my biggest thing was not flying back with the team Thursday and not being in the building Friday. Right. Now, Friday night or Saturday morning, if he flies out, that's fine. But he need to be in the building Friday because I guarantee I, I'm almost willing to bet that Trevor Lawrence is in there on Friday watching film
0: and some players were, even if they had the day off. Oh, I would guess so. Or, and again, you know, they might come in, but I saw a thing with uh, who was it? I can't remember some quarterback, but uh, you know, he would get the playbook and, he did it all at home. He didn't do any of it really in the office until when till practice, you know, you know, they played Sunday, you know, Monday was an off day where, you know, he was working, you know, quarterbacks might be somebody that don't really go in and get therapy because unless they got rocked, they don't get hit. You know, their, their bodies aren't sore unless they got a hit or something. Um, but, you know, the, they have, you know, how many coaches and, and interns and everything breaking down all the film and, you know, let's say they play at noon on Sunday, just everything they need to go for the next week and for the week before is done by 10 o'clock that night. I guarantee it. <laughs> no, yeah, and with technology,
1: like you mentioned, there, there's a lot you can do away from the facility, and you don't necessarily have to be there. It's just I really think the coach should be there the next day. Like I said, those players getting in treatment and, and things like that. But more than anything, before we get into what – what happened on Saturday night, let's just do a little quick little timeline of, of Urban Meyer. He gets hired by the Jags. A lot of red flags are coming up now You when you add all together. Hires Doyle, strength coach. Yep. Gets a backlash. It's kind of like you got to know the temperature of the room. You had to know hiring him. There was going to be outrage over it. It was too soon for Doyle to get a job, whether that's right or wrong. You just had to know that you're going to get backlash on that. So Doyle has to resign. Uh, come the draft, they draft Travis Etienne. In the 20s, this is getting a little bit nitpicky, but they took a running back in the first round when they already had James Robinson. Travis gets hurt. That's not Urban's fault necessarily. Injuries happen, but you almost wonder if they should have took a lineman or a defensive player. Then move into May, they signed Tim Tebow. And what was that? Was that just Urban letting his buddy have one last chance at glory, live out his dream one last time for a few months, didn't even make the team? And then Thursday night, skip the flight, hanging out with family, and we get into Saturday night the videos. There's two different videos out there. We don't need to get in too much detail on here. We'll try to keep it PG-13. But I did think that I don't know if you ever listen to Clay Travis at all.
0: I don't, but
1: he's a uh, he does like a sports show on FS1. He has his own show, Outkick the Coverage, and I listen to him sometimes. He he talks sports, and then he really gets into politics. And usually right. when he's in politics, I turn him off. But He was almost saying he cannot stand Urban Meyer. Like he really does not like the guy, but he's like, am I the one that's going to have to calm everybody down and say what Urban was doing that night? You don't just, he, maybe he doesn't deserve to be fired over that.
0: Again, and this, this is, I was listening to talk, you know, I listen to talk radio every day out of Des Moines and they were talking about it, you know, yesterday and today is, there's really only one person he needs to apologize to and that's his wife because what he did isn't, there's no, nothing, no rules. Morally it's not. Right. But there's no laws being broken. There's no, I mean, there's, you know, nothing is really wrong with what he did except for moral, you know, and, and that video is what the video is. And whatever you want to say about it, wasn't really that wrong. I don't know. You know, and, and, you know, kind of some funny things you see out of that is everybody has these brand new phones and everything, and, and every video is grainy as heck, <laughs> you know, it's like, what, I mean, everything you have now is in 4K or HD, and this video is grainy, and this is kind of funny. It was um, kind of blurry, but he he was speaking like, you know,
1: everyone's calling for Urban Meyers' head, which is right. kind of the world we live in right now, but he's like, what about uh, Deshaun Watson? He's got 24 cases
0: against him. Yeah. Yeah, this isn't that deal. He's, I mean.
1: he's, but he's still eligible to play. If the Texans right. want to play him next week, they could. Right. So, what Irvin Meyer did was, yeah, morally wrong. It's not a good look for head coach, especially four games into a losing season. But I mean, <laughs> this isn't like defending him necessarily. But maybe we need to t- push the timeout button a little bit. Like, okay, yeah, it was a really bad look. He's has to be the most miserable person. Oh, his life sucks. America. Right <laughs> but, like so i mean there's a difference between what's morally right and wrong and and legally and i know there's rumors coming out that the jags were looking for clauses in the contract to get out of it Uh, and right before we got started i tried to find out what his contract is like i couldn't get it Yeah. find it because you know google's blowing up with all the news and but i believe it's a five-year deal and then silver came out with reports that he canceled a meeting on monday team meeting and some of the players supposedly thought he was too scared to address the team as a whole, and then he he addressed position groups: linemen, D backs, quarterbacks individually. He went around and did that and told inside the story. And it, it sounds like he wasn't owning up to it. And as he was leaving the rooms, and players were just laughing at him. And if he if he's really lost the, the locker room like that, it, it's done.
0: Right. It's that's, good, that's what I've heard. Is I mean, essentially, it's. It's almost a when you're fired and it. And it's not really over this deal. It's just a lack of everything. the combination of everything. Right. And, and, you know, and I said this in our group uh, text today, but and Urban Meyer was really, really good on TV, on Fox. He was really good. He was. And he, and he made awesome points. And they had a screenshot of him, you know, criteria to examine for struggling teams. I mean, it is just, just one, two, and three. Number one, trust issues. Well, he's got that. Yep. (laughs) Number two, dysfunctional environment. He's got that. And number three, selfishness. He's got that. He's three for three on that. I mean, and, and he's running that program and, and, you know, and, you know, and I understand the side of it of you can't believe anything this guy says because, you know, his health was too bad at Florida. So he had to quit. And his family was important and everything. Well, three, two, three years later, he goes to Ohio State. Okay. Wins there. I and mean, he wins everywhere. I mean, don't kid yourself. If, if this doesn't work out, this is the only place he doesn't win. And then, you know, three, four, five years at Ohio State, whatever it was, you know, his health is bad again and he has to quit. And it's his family and stuff. Three, four years out, now he's right back in it again. So you can't believe a word this guy says. I mean, and, and that's not his fault. He, he loves to coach, and and I think he does burn himself out. I mean, I think that's just the type of personality he is. He goes 100 miles an hour, and, you know, you're just wondering if he uh, he got in way over his head. And actually, I just watched uh, before uh, the baseball game came on was uh, – came out about a week and a half, two weeks ago, Nick Saban a Football Life, and it talked about um, him going to the Dolphins, you know, and he wanted to give it a try. And the reason he really left was his family. Miss um, Terry, you know, that's how he, they call them all. You know, the thing with college football was, you know, the family, the wife and the family are big and are involved a lot. And I and I can be firsthand at this. Coach McCartney's wife, Margie, she hosted things at their, at their house. And she was just super involved with, and, and Ms. Terry talked about it, you know, donors and just, uh, you know, fundraising around the communities and, and stuff just really involved. Well, an NFL's wife, coach's wife, that isn't your responsibility. You know, each team has their own foundation or whatever you want to call it that does their fundraising and does their community outrate, outreach. And, and, you know, because these owners are so rich, they already have that in. They're not. They don't. And they have staff and everything. Um, so that was just something she missed. And then he talked about the reason he left was, or he really decided that, you know, it may not be in the best interest of him is in 2005, they were in on Drew Brees when he went to see, uh, um, Miami. No, to, no. Well, he, he went to, to get his arm looked at. Yeah. He went to new Orleans. That's where he signed, but Miami was in on him. Right. They didn't get him. He went to new Orleans And they so they didn't have a quarterback. Number one, position like he said, number one position in football. We don't have it figured out. They had to roll with Culpepper, didn't they? I think. Uh, Yeah. okay And then. uh, So, yeah, so they rolled with Culpepper and just they didn't have an answer. You know, they didn't know what they were going to do. So he's like, I just he didn't know if it was going to work out. And and one thing, uh, the guy that really defended him in this, you know, and again, this is a Nick Saban thing. So it's slanted towards him, I'm sure it's done by NFL film. So it's good. Uh, But Jason Taylor loves the guy. Um, He was really worried when he was coming in and everything. But then, you know, that 2006, Jason Taylor was player of the year. And that defense was pretty good. They just didn't have anything figured out on offense. And then, you know, uh, he didn't want to go, but he felt he had to go back to Alabama. And like he said, I wasn't lying when I said I wasn't going to go be Alabama's coach when I said it. I, I wasn't going to be, but just the more I thought about it, the more I, you know, sat about it and the more they, you know, and then like Wayne Heizinga said, he never came to me and said, I need more money. I need more years. It was never about that. It was just, he felt he was a college coach.
1: Yeah. And Urban made the right choice. And, you know, we, we know what's happened since he's been in Alabama. Yeah. <laughs> you know Urban, it, I heard a bunch of stories from people that know him. And they said Urban did his research. All he did was reach out to NFL people, asking about cultures, asking you know what he needed to know if he didn't. And Mike Labardi, too, talked about it earlier today that his coaching staff was really kind of weak. And that I remember reading about that earlier in the year, that maybe some coaches didn't want to come and coach with him because they were worried about if he'd stay there. And if, if he doesn't stay there, if he gets fired, then they're all looking for jobs, right. which nobody wants that to have to move again. And back then I thought, well, maybe that's, maybe there's some truth to it. Maybe it's just people making stuff up because they don't like urban, but now obviously (laughs) uh, combined with everything else that's going on, it it makes sense. And uh, there's gotta be, I I guarantee there's a lot of people in NFL and college or football or general that are smirking at all this because urban has a little, little history of maybe not always telling the truth or being a little, being a little bit of a shady guy. So, I know Kirk Ferentz will barely shake his hand when they play each other, win or lose. Right. And I know there's other coaches out there like that. I, It's just not a good look. And, again, I'll say it one more time, but when you think about it, he gave the team the whole weekend off after that Thursday night game, which was Friday, Saturday, Sunday of extra prep they could have for Tennessee. And then when this shitstorm happened, they lost all of Sunday because that's when everything was going viral. Yep. They lost all of yesterday because he was back at the facility, press conferences, media. Right. They may have had meetings, but nothing productive probably got done because players are checking their phones, wondering if coach is
0: going to get fired. And 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 I I don't don't know how he was doing it, but I do know most of the time, like when you play on Sunday, and I know it's different because they played Thursday. When you play Sunday, you don't come back and and practice until at least Wednesday. So, I mean, that's not completely – because that's always a joke is – is we'll see a Wednesday we'll see a Thursday you know if, if it's a uh, later in the year and a big win or so you know usually well, it's already we have day Tuesday's film and Wednesday's back
1: right doing a practice Thursday kind of a walkthrough but again they had a short week going into Cincinnati right. now because of all of this the days off and the, the little situation now it's back to back short weeks yeah but he's he's caused it that's that's on him right so- my biggest takeaway was not necessarily the video, which is not good. It's just him not flying back home with the team, which you mentioned as well. That's a
0: head-scratcher. Yeah, I, I just – yeah, I don't understand that one so much. But, well, let's get to the games here. Uh, go ahead, kind of, you know, go through some of the headline games. Um, again, a good week of games, really. Um, yeah. Um, let's let's just start with uh, the Bucks going back to the – or Tom Brady
1: going back to New England to face yeah. – Bill Belichick, that was a close game. I thought Mac Jones was kind of an underrated story that everyone was talking about Brady and, and Belichick. Mac Jones went 31-40, to 40, two touchdowns, had a pick, but given the circumstances, I, I thought he played pretty well.
0: That's a tough spot for a rookie, you know. Um, I, I think just, you know, the story is Belichick and Brady, and now you're their guy, and you are their guy, and, and he's going with you, but you get talked about zero minutes going into this game. And, and you come out and play well. You gave your team a chance. That's all you can ask for with a rookie quarterback and, and a young team. And, and we don't really know how good they are yet. Yeah, the Patriots don't have a lot of offensive weapons. Um, and looking at
1: their rushing yards, I, I know Scott brought up, they, they ran for negative one yard
0: in the game. So yeah, that, that was a joke. I think Tom Brady might have had three yards, I think, rushing. And, and, uh, or maybe one yard rushing. And yeah, then the Patriots had, had minus one let see here uh Brady had three yeah so. I, I did I thought I saw that where you know kind of some it had a, a, a me or like just a picture of him smirking or whatever they've got over the years and uh yeah three yards rushing to one negative one <laughs> so
1: it uh the Buccaneers still have not look quite as good as as they did at the end of last year and then I think the storyline after the game was Belichick went in to see Brady for about like 20 minutes or so, and they had a conversation. I think most of that was to probably clear the air over a lot of stories that have come out over some books recently or some headlines. And, and I'm sure they wanted to clear the air, and I I would assume Belichick went in there to make sure that they left on good terms, both walked out of the stadium feeling good about it. And
0: I would agree, and and I would – this is just my guess, And and that relationship could have been awful. I have no idea. I really don't think it was. I think, you know, I mean, could you look at that, you know, you saw the the meeting of him and Kraft. I mean, Kraft's the one that makes really makes those decisions. I know he, Belichick is a GM and does all this stuff, but don't kid yourself. If Kraft really wanted to keep him, he would have stepped in and said, We're keeping him, you know. Or if if Brady wanted to stay, you know, I'm not I, I think it might have been Brady saying, Hey, it's just time for me to go, you know, not even. And then everybody just kind of understood it. And there may be a little hard feelings with that. And it was
1: Ian O'Connor wrote the,
0: one of the books and
1: he was on Coward's podcast and he did talk about that toward the end there. Brady, his last year, Brady wanted a long term extension and Belichick denied him. An and he said, Brady went home and he and his wife put their house up for sale like a few hours later. Right. So Brady or uh, Belichick would not give him a long term extension. Brady got pissed like, come on. And he's like, I've had enough of this. I've sacrificed. I've given up contract money. You know, right. over other years since I've been here.
0: Yeah, it wasn't that it Belichick was great- wasn't going to sign him. He just wasn't going to sign him for long term what he wanted.
1: Yeah, yeah, because Brady's
0: wanted to. He wanted a five or six year deal at that point, and you Belichick wasn't comfortable doing it. And and you can't blame Belichick for that. And then you can't blame Brady for wanting to go. Then I mean, it, it's I think it was more mutual, just like that. It was just uh, they couldn't come together to get what they both wanted and uh you know and, and Belichick has been that way I mean that's why they won so much is they got rid of somebody one year too early than one year too late and that has served him well throughout his entire coaching you know life you know they're they're in New England and I guess he wasn't going to change for even Brady yeah and then
1: you know if, if you're Belichick you can't imagine that Brady was going to win a Super Bowl at- <laughs> or, or what I mean even for Brady but he did so it's easy to look back and say oh god what a dumb mistake that was but you know at, at the time could you imagine that Brady was still playing at this high a level right now and he uh he keeps hitting at 50 and you know I'm not gonna doubt him but that just you, that just, look,
0: you, you just look at some of his pictures and then I watched him sprint out the other night and throw a dart to somebody. I don't even know who it was, but just his arm looks better than it's been. I mean he looks younger. He looks better now than he did four years ago.
1: Yeah. And you well, I think you and I have spoke about this once before. You almost wonder if it's that Florida heat where you're not up in the cold, you're outside, yeah. humidity. It because you know, they say as you get older, that that cold weather is just tough on you. Yeah. And that that warm humidity down there in Florida, and just him getting away from the the rugged or the rigid style of Belichick and the Patriots, Bruce Arians, who likes to pour a drink at five o'clock. And uh, speaking of just his coaching style, he, he's uh, i believe he has a ruler. He's told uh, some of his coaches that he'll fire them if they don't go home at a certain time. He's like, you go home and be with your families and you go. Well,
0: There's that. And then I I think he was one that's like, if you miss something with your kids too, like say they have a football game or, or anything. um, Yeah. You go come back, do your work later. Because again, like you said, with technology now and everything, you have your laptop, you know, they have different programs, but like in high school at Huddle, you know, I could be anywhere and I can watch as long as it's cut up and up on the site, I can access it any, anytime I have the internet. I just have to sign in and go. So I didn't have to be at, in the stadium, you know, at, in our field house working. I could do it anywhere. And, and they all have that capability where yeah, you go home, go to a, a baseball game or, or you know, obviously in Florida, you can play baseball a long time, but you know, a football game on Friday night. Um, you know, get home at 10 o'clock. You don't have to go back into the facility to work till midnight, 1 a.m. if you need to, you know, or whatever you need to do. Um, uh, yeah, those, those staffs, his
1: guys uh sleeping there overnight like John Gruden used to do.
0: No. And, and, you know, and and I know some of those guys do that, but I I do think people are getting away from that a little bit because some of that is because there's so much bigger staffs now and computers can do so much, you know, uh, more work than it used to be for you. Like, you you know, you used to kind of have to like break it down yourself to get to do third and longs and to do second tens. Well, now you can just, as long as the information is entered, which they all got young guys and they got guys getting into just doing all that. They can just plug that in, say, Hey, I want all the second and second longs, you know, from the last three weeks and it's up, you know, and, and that, that's all it takes. It, it's, it is amazing now. I mean, we have that access at high school and I know they have it and even better, um, you know, and they get that all entered in and, You know, they can break it down by hash, by time of game, you know, third quarter, fourth quarter, two minute drill. You know, they can break it down 100 different ways to get what they need. And and it just used to be a lot more time of just, you know, watching the film over and over. And now you can break it down uh, into 10 plays and you can watch that over and over instead of having to go through 50 plays to find the 10 that you want.
1: Yeah, I mean back in the 90s or 2000s offensive coordinators, defensive coordinators, they had to cut their own film and they had to do the work a lot of times. Right. Uh, sometimes right. you'd have some young staff guys or some volunteers that could do it for you, but, but you're right nowadays with computers. I mean, it's all, you, you have people doing it for you, but once it's all done, I mean, it's instant. It's on your phone. It's well,
0: your phone. and I, I know they're at, uh, and I there the last couple of years, actually part of the program you paid for would give you if you sent their game film and these guys i guarantee these guys have no idea on football but you would send the tape to them and they would be back saturday morning by 8am broken down for you <laughs> now you paid for that you know we you'd always get like one game a year free so we'd always take advantage of that and then one year something got delayed or whatever and they gave us the rest of the year for free you know and that saved so much more time cuz you know when i did the film breakdown and everything and upload everything. I mean, I'd be up till three, four five o'clock in the morning sometimes by the time I got everything entered and then you try to sleep till nine or 10 and then, then you know, get into work or go watch football, whatever you're going to do. But uh, yeah, so that's where those long hours come in, but it just, it isn't a necessity anymore. Uh, and it's just technology. Yep, technologies.
1: There's good and bad. Uh, we saw the bad the other day when Facebook and Instagram went down.
0: People were uh, honestly, I didn't even know for a long time. <laughs> for a while, and and then I went to click on it and it just didn't load. Which sometimes it just doesn't load. I mean, that's that's it wasn't like new to me. Right and then i then I got on Twitter and I'm like, eh, okay. I mean, it wasn't the end of the world.
1: Facebook, I thought was kind of funny. Instagram, I would have missed because that's where I see a lot of my videos and. Mm. Uh, stuff like that. But no, yeah, technology is good. It, like you said, saves people a lot of time and just looking at, you know, some of the other games that happened, uh, the Bills won 40 to nothing. They're rolling your bears. uh, They did win over the lions. Justin Fields. I didn't see much of the game or really.
0: I didn't see any of the game, but you know, fields played better, obviously. Uh, Montgomery had a big game and got hurt. He's out four to five weeks. Uh, that's kind of a, a big loss for the bears. Um, And Nagy just cannot get out of his own way, (laughs) just cannot, and still comes back and says yesterday that Andy Dalton's our starter if he's healthy. I mean, just what are you doing? Well, and I, I know last week I said I don't like the
1: quarterback carousel, but now I was and I'm just purely looking at numbers. That's all I'm doing. I didn't watch the game, but Fields was 11 to 17, had a pick. The running game is working really good with Dave Montgomery and and Williams, and it sounds like they're both. I think Williams is questionable. Montgomery's out for a few weeks. One thing I did notice, though, is that Justin Fields only took off and ran three times, which I thought I I think that's a good sign because last week he got sacked nine times. Right. So it would have been easy for him to just take off every other play and try to run around. Um, But if, if this team is without Montgomery and Williams. Maybe it's just best to let Andy Dalton take the uh, take the punishment. <laughs> I mean, I, I know last week I said I don't like the carousel, the quarterback carousel, but maybe, maybe Matt Nagy's on to something. I don't know. It's just it's going to be tough sledding for Justin Fields if he's out, his starting running back, and even his number two running back. Right. That's about all they've got going right now on offense. Yeah,
0: it's it's not good.
1: Um, so we'll, we'll see what happens there. I'm I'm rooting for Justin Fields. Uh, Cowboys get to three and one. The score is not quite as close. First half is close. Panthers scored late, uh, but the Cowboys really dominated. Uh, They're in my top five teams this year so far, I think, which might surprise people. I think they might even be the second best team in the league right now with how they're playing. Browns squeak out a victory over the Vikings, 14-7. Baker played really bad. Uh, Just looking at the numbers, he was 15-33, 155 yards, no touchdowns. The Jets upset the Titans. As bad as I was talking about the Jets last week, they uh, they come back and, and that's the NFL for you. you yeah, can, both both New York teams won in overtime for the first wins of the year. They did. Giants Giants got the upset too, and I know both those games knocked a lot of people out of survivor pools. Right. Uh, I actually had I had in Taylor Howard's pool. I had three picks in that, and two of them were Titans. But on Sunday morning, I had a bad feeling, and I switched them both to Buffalo.
0: Well, that's good.
1: I uh. I feel pretty good about that because that would, that would have sucked to lose two out of the three. Chiefs bounce back. Cardinals kind of dominate the Rams. Just getting into Cardinals they're I think their the last unbeaten team in the
0: league. Yep. they're only, With the Raiders losing last <laughs> night, that was uh, the last uh, unbeaten now. I'm not
1: fully bought into them yet. And what I mean by that is I, I think they're going to have a good record this year. They're going to go in the playoffs, maybe even the number one seed. We'll see what happens. But long-term do I trust their coach and their quarterback versus uh, a Sean McVay or Bruce Arians or the Packers or whoever. I just, I need to see a little bit more out of them before I completely buy in. Uh, the Ravens beat the Broncos on the road. Teddy Bridgewater got a concussion. The Ravens, I don't know if you saw Vic bangio and in, in Harbaugh. Yeah. He
0: was pissed. At <laughs> he Harbaugh. was pretty angry
1: about it. Yeah. That's, he was not happy. And, if people don't know what we're talking about, the Ravens with like 15 seconds left in the game were three yards short of yeah. going, rushing for over 100 yards in 46 straight games or whatever it was. So they, they were up uh, 23-7. There was no need to run a play, but they did. They got the record. And Vic Fangio had nothing but bad things to say about Harbaugh and the Ravens. Uh, Harbaugh kind of responded laughing. He's like, oh, I thought we were all good. We had a good... Uh, little meet and greet before the game. And he's like, I guess we're, I guess we're on bad terms now all of a sudden. So, and Schleyrup was on a coward show cowards out, but he's these two meet in the playoffs. He's like, there's going to be retaliation Mm -hmm. Broncos. That's, that's something that people don't think about. So when you talk about player safety, Packers win at home, get to three and one.
0: They look good. good, I think, (laughs) I mean, I really think that first game was truly they had not practiced. I mean, that, that's all that was. They had not practiced. They just weren't ready to play yet. And they used that game as a practice. And now they're fine.
1: Well, every good or great team, I think, gets at least one fluke game a year, maybe two. Look at the Bills. They got beat by the Steelers. The Steelers game moved the ball. And, yeah, the Packers won by 10. But that game really wasn't as close to the score yeah. said. Uh, The Steelers just look like that. Big Ben looks like a shot fighter out there. And then, of course, last night's game, the Chargers win 28 to 14. Herbert
0: looks like a 10-year veteran out there. He played well. I mean, he just doesn't make mistakes. And he's big, and he's got a big arm. And, I mean, it was – I was impressed. I watched that game last night. I was impressed with Herbert. He's he's really good so far. I mean – Again, he's only played one season in four games now,
1: and he he looks as good as anybody out there. So, um, we're starting to find a little bit more about these teams. I'm not ready to, you know, if we, we're talking like MVPs, I think Kyler Murray is the MVP so far. Mahomes is probably in second, and then you have a bunch of guys just bunched together: Dak, Stafford, Herbert, Allen, Brady, Wilson. Like it's just bunched up right now. It really. Oh well, yeah,
0: it's 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 four games. games in. So yeah, so
1: five six weeks from now we'll know more, but. Uh, I did have a little trivia for you. Do you know who's leading the, the NFL in rushing touchdowns?
0: Brady? I don't know. No,
1: not Brady, but you've, you've got the position right, so you're on the right track. That's, I was kind of like, I was a
0: quarterback. Who snuck it in a couple times? Or Murray? I don't know. Sam Darnold. Okay. Five rushing
1: touchdowns on the year now. <laughs> We'll see how many more he gets. He'll probably get a couple more, but wanted to throw that at you. And then just kind of looking at it next week as far as the NFL is concerned. Rams are at the Seahawks this Thursday. That's a big game for both of those teams. Bill's at the Chiefs Sunday night. Really looking forward to that one. That could be an AFC Championship pre-preview that we saw last year. And then Monday night, not quite as exciting to me, but Colts at the Ravens. Yeah. I think that'll be a good game still. And then... Uh, getting into the spread picks I know I text you three times during the week yep
0: and okay? that's okay
1: and I was three and0 on those and you. yes you were because I went four and five on the week so had I not done that I would have been one of the- <laughs> uh so I went four and five on spread picks spread picks for the week I'm 16 16 and one now on on the year so right at 500 I only have three picks for this week so far I, I, I can't find much I like And then I have one pending. So the three that I have, I have Vegas minus five and a half. 49ers plus five and a half. The Giants plus seven. And then my pending pick is the Broncos plus one at the Steelers. But I want to wait and see if Teddy Bridgewater is going to play. Obviously, if he does play, that might change the line. So that's a pending one I'll text you on. And I I don't have an upset pick yet. I, I had it written down and now I'm looking down I I. I don't know, so I'll text you. I'm thinking, I'm thinking maybe the Giants over the Cowboys, but I don't know. Maybe I'm buying back into my Giants hype. That might not be a good one. So, but I I will text you, you know, throughout the week and and let you know. That way, I'm not cheating or whatever. Right. Yep. So that guess that's probably about it for NFL, and then let's, uh, if you just want to talk a little bit about Iowa State, how they looked, any injuries, upcoming games.
0: Yeah, I'd say, you know, Iowa State 59 to 7, you know, did exactly what they should do. Kansas is bad. I mean, there's no other way for it. Um, um, They're really bad. Um, But Iowa State won a game by 52 points. That's always good. Uh, Backups played a lot. Um, As I, I mean, I've not heard of any injuries or anything yet. They have a bye week this week, so they're even getting, I think, you know, and, and this is no excuse and it doesn't change the outcome. You still have two losses, but I think Brees Hall and Charlie Kolar were much more hurt than they were letting on. Um, obviously Kolar didn't play the first game and you could tell that Iowa game, he was not ready to go, but he's looking better. And Brees Hall had another good game. You know, he didn't play the fourth quarter, you know, so I mean he didn't have a ton a ton of yards, but had over a hundred yards had had a great game and, and he's healthy too. And, and I think, you know, they just, Brees Hall looks different these last two weeks than he did the first three weeks. And, and I think health is a big deal. So, Really, they're going to use these two weeks. Um, they play at Kansas State on the 16th or on the yeah on the 16th and uh, at 630 at night. Um, so they got uh, two weeks. They're going to, you know, spend time on special teams. Punt team, they did switch punters. Uh, this punter doesn't kick it as far, uh, but he does kick it higher. So it's going to give them just a better chance with no return. That was, that was a big issue with them. So they're just going to work on details. You know, that's what you do in the bye week Uh, guys that are bumped and bruised and everything are going to sit for several days. And then, you know, just overall, you're going to sit your, your starters and everything a little bit and get those young guys, some, you know, extra time that they don't usually get, uh, you know, especially this week, you know, today, you know, they might've had an extra. you know, I think Monday's their day off. Usually I think they come in on Sunday, every um, you have to have one day completely off in college football. I know I, I heard this Iowa and, and it was from last week, Iowa has gives their team Thursday off, which is, is kind of different for me, but it, it's worked for them. So they said, actually um, last week's schedule is going to be no different for them because Thursday was going to be their travel day. So instead they just got on a plane and left instead of just not practicing. So okay. it really didn't change their practice at all. Um, what they do. So, Uh, their schedule. And obviously, you know, we'll get to them in here in a second. They didn't have any problem with Maryland and, uh, but just overall Iowa States, you know, just rest some guys, get some guys healthier. Um, And then, you know, practice up the young guys and, you know, just try to just work on fundamentals. And then obviously the coaches are going to be out recruiting and, and, you know, laying the foundation for years to come.
1: So I, I knew it was a,
0: it was a butt whipping. I didn't
1: see any of the game, just saw the score and, to make a little bit more interesting because I know it's kind of a boring week to talk about them they just they took care of business yep. the first question was there any injuries in the game that were significant or did they come out pretty clean on no, they
0: there as far no one is is hurt that I know of you know I didn't see anybody go out I watched most of the game I didn't it, once it I watched about the first half and then the second half I watched just the la- last last minutes or whatever so it's just young guys you know in right Um, but uh no not that not that i know of and not i mean i list you know i list all kinds iowa state stuff so um well that's good you don't want to lose no and then and you you know and that's
1: game you're supposed to win
0: yep and but you know coming up you know obviously by week but we'll talk about this more next week but you know they go at kansas state home to oklahoma state and then at west virginia Three games you should win if you're one of the top teams in the Big Twelve. Um, you know Kansas State doesn't look as good as they had been. Um, Oklahoma State is undefeated right now in the conference, undefeated overall. Uh, they're just outside the top ten, I think, in in the polls. Well, I think, yeah. So they're they're looking good, but now obviously two weeks. And I don't know their schedule off the top of my head. Um, and then West Virginia was looking decent and looking getting better, but then they got upset this last week by Texas Tech. So. You know, if, if you want to get, you know, and we've talked about this, they still control their destiny to go to the Big 12 title game. They win the rest of their games they are in. Uh, one loss and now Baylor has a loss, which doesn't matter. But if you would have won the rest of them, you know, you would have win anyway. Um, but, you know, their, their dreams are all still there. And uh, so you got to start with one at a time. And Kansas State has not been uh, pleasant for Cyclone fans and Cyclone teams that go down there. Uh, Bill Snyder family stadium is a place where cycling dreams go to die and have for years. And uh, it was the beginning of the end for Paul Rhodes. It was uh, one of the beginning of the ends for uh, when I was there in 2002, one of the best, this is one of the best stories I got of, of when I was in college with Iowa state, you know, we, we were, I don't know, probably ranked like 15th. we got beat by Oklahoma. We had got up to number nine, we'd lost. But then I think, We'd won a couple more games again and we go down there and they're good. I mean, 2002, this is back They're, You know, they're, I think. Is this Eli
1: Roberson and Darren Sproles?
0: Yes. Sproles okay. was a running back everything. They were good, but they weren't, they were ranked right around us. I think they were close to us. We go down, my parents go down. I mean, it's, you know, big deal. My parents are there. My brother's there and, uh, we they come out beforehand i'm up in the press box and this is when the new star wars were coming back out like the the new old ones Uh and they have their wildcat guy as uh luke and they come out a guy dressed like seneca because he's still in the heisman conversation everything as darth vader the bad guy and they're playing star wars over the thing and they got Luke just kicking his butt with the lights. I mean, they got lightsabers and cuts his hand off. You know, I mean, just all the stuff. Just one of the greatest things I've ever seen. And just – and they kicked our butt. They beat us by like 40 points, and we'd hardly won a game the rest of the year. Well, I think they went to the Big 12 championship game that year. Yes, They, they may have – I don't know if
1: they beat Oklahoma. Did they lose that game? But I, I remember they had Darren Sproles and Eli and yeah. on that team, so – yeah, that was a talented team too, though, Kansas State. They were no joke right. that year. And as good as, you know, uh, Santa Cuala Those was. Those
0: were tough years because Colorado was really good. Nebraska was still really – Nebraska was a year mm-hmm. – coming a year off of playing for the national title, lose, getting their butt kicked by Miami. But they still were – you know, that was the first year we had beat them in forever, uh, but they were still really good. You know, Colorado was a top-10 team. I mean, Oklahoma was coming off, you know – Won the title in '99, played for a title in 2000. Nebraska played for a t- title in 2001. I mean, the Big Twelve was was the deal then. I mean, there was no question about it.
1: Yeah, Colorado used to be good. Oh yeah, <laughs> it's. I mean, especially the early '90s. But yeah, it's. Funny. Yeah, they were
0: really good in the early '90s. But they were good again then. You know, they they kind of disrupted this whole thing. And, and uh, you know, in 2001, they beat Nebraska went to the big 12 title game, Nebraska didn't even get to the big 12 title game, but ends up playing for the national title. And that kind of got, you know, a bunch of things going for more of the, I don't know, away from the BCS, you know, computers and more, I don't know what they've done Got the football playoff committee and I don't and whatever's going to happen next, but you know, really nothing more about Iowa state. Uh, let's go on to Iowa. Well, I did, I did have one more question okay. for Iowa
1: state. Um, Let's throw Oklahoma State, Texas, and Oklahoma out of the out of the mix. What's one or two of the games that scare you the most, maybe on the schedule, that
0: could be a trap game or just something like that? Well, I, I think at West Virginia is always tough. That's just a tough place to travel. Um, you know, especially I, I'm a little less worried about that game now that they lost to Texas Tech. You know, I was just saying Kansas State's a tough taste, uh, place to play. Um, and then I think a tough game is going to be, depending on what – might be at stake is that tcu game uh the day after thanksgiving um you know that is a friday Yep, it's it's friday after thanksgiving so it's going to be a weird week um and you know you're coming off you've played oklahoma the week before so say you're you're, you either beat oklahoma and you're essentially riding high you got everybody's giving you a high five or you lose to oklahoma i don't know what's going to happen from here to there and you have to win that game to get to the big 12 title game, or, you know, you lost that game. You're out of the big 12 title game, you know, depending on what happens. And then that game doesn't really mean anything, but you still need to win it to get the best bowl game possible. I think that TCU game is, is, is probably the number one trap game in my book.
1: Yeah. I I'd
0: probably agree with that. Cause
1: Obviously Iowa State's the players are all on alert now. A couple losses, like it's right. Yeah. I mean it, it's either show up or mm-hmm. you know we're no more messing around. See, I agree with you. That that could be a, a potential big time game there. Like I said, if they beat Oklahoma, do they
0: show up to play in that game to Yeah, I mean I mean, let's just say they run the table from now until then. You know, they win that game. They're in the Big 12 title game, they lose that game they may still be in the big 12 title game, but maybe not, you know, I mean, just depends on every, however, you know, how everything else breaks up just for the bowl game. Right. And that, and that's just what you want now. I mean, right now, you know, if they would, you know, if somehow they can, I don't care how many wins and losses they have, if they can get to that big 12 title game and, you know, just looking big picture wise, you know, without going to the big 12 title game and winning it, you know, to get to the sugar bowl, you know, you win the rest of your games, you lose to Oklahoma. You really need to beat Oklahoma, then lose to Oklahoma. Uh, but then you're still not in it because Oklahoma's not going to playoff if they have a loss. Um, they just haven't looked good enough yet unless everybody else keeps losing. Uh, Oregon's loss, you know, I, I just don't see how they get into the playoff. I think
1: that knocks 12 out, basically.
0: Yeah, I mean, I just don't see how you can let them in unless, you know, you know. for me two spots are locked up in the
1: playoffs yeah
0: I I, th- and I really do think it's Alabama and Georgia and then there is a big step down. And then two and, spots- I, I, I'm not, and I'm not gonna say that I was not that next best team. Uh but I just don't I just think they're those two teams and I, I know I sent this to our group chat, but uh anybody out there go to YouTube and type in SEC shorts. And it's a really good one this week. I don't. know. Did you watch that clip that I sent you, Trevor? I didn't. I've seen a
1: few of them before, but I did not this see this one, one was one good.
0: It was uh, essentially it, Alabama and, and uh, Georgia got called into the principal's office and accused of bullying. <laughs> you know, because oh. they beat they beat undefeated teams, they beat ranked teams, and just destroyed them. And that's essentially. And then there's some there's some truth to that. Oh, it is, and it's that's. Yeah, I mean it's because, and it wasn't like they just won. I mean Georgia just absolutely destroyed Arkansas, which doesn't complete. Arkansas had played. Yeah, they were not where they're not the number
1: eight team in the country. And Vegas told you with a seventeen or eighteen point spread that they weren't believers either.
0: Right time. Yeah, and then you know, and that's still a stat of the day that Saban's never lost to an assistant is still. Mind blowing to me. I
1: saw they had, they had all the pictures up. I, I can't remember what the exact number was. It was like twenty or thirty. I think know. it's twenty
0: four now. I think it was twenty three. Right? Now it's twenty four. It was twenty two and now twenty three. It's right around there. But you know, and how many of those coaches are in the SEC and have been in the SEC and got fired? Like you know, Will Muschamp has been at two different schools. You know, Dan Mullen is there. Uh, Dan Mullen's Urban Meyer is not uh, Saban, uh, but yeah, Kirby Smart, who has, he's got the next best program. You know but he can't beat them either. <laughs> you know?
1: The guy that might
0: be doing the, the overall best job in the
1: SEC is uh, Stoops at Kentucky. <laughs> well, and at
0: the end of, and you need to watch that clip that I sent you at the very end, Kentucky st- a- after he dismisses Alabama and Georgia, uh, those got the uh, guy with the Kentucky Jersey walks in and says, I heard you were uh, disciplined in bullings, bully, bullies and whatever. Mm-hmm. And the principal said, it's not you yet, <laughs> you know, because they beat no. – they're, undefe- they're undefeated and they beat Florida, you know.
1: <laughs> it's not them yet, but considering what Kentucky has to work with, it's pretty impressive what Stoops has done there. Oh, he's done a great job.
0: They're I mean, not absolutely- going to knock off
1: Alabama or anything, but what he's done with that – the history of that program and just playing in the SEC, it's it's pretty impressive.
0: Oh, yeah, he's done a great job there. And obviously, you know, um, with, you know, his Iowa background and Oklahoma background with his brother and, and you know – all those years there at Oklahoma when they were all three were there and, and he kind of went off on his own a little bit. He was not there at Oklahoma like the brother was. And the brother was supposed to be the one that went out to Arizona to be the head coach and was supposed to be successful. Um, I didn't like him. And, and he didn't, and he come back to Oklahoma and then, you know, he gets fired by Lincoln, you know, just wasn't working out. And, you know, he'd it was probably screaming too much non-stop. Well, that, and just, it's time to move on from you boys. You know, I mean, that's really what it was. And, uh, but yeah, he's done a great job there. You know, he was at Florida State. Was he the D coordinator when they won it all?
1: He might have been under, that's,
0: under Jimbo Fisher. That's a good question. I, I think he was, but uh, have to look it up. That, but he was question. at Florida State before he went to to Kentucky. So I mean, he he had not been at Oklahoma the whole time, right? But, you know, just a, a great job there. And, and those, those programs like Kentucky are never going to be Florida or Alabama or Georgia or LSU. Uh, but, you know, the, try to beat all those other teams and, and then you pick off one of those guys a year and go win your bowl games, and, and he's done that.
1: Yeah, no, he has. It's, it's impressive. I, I almost bet on uh, Florida or, excuse me, Kentucky money line, but I didn't have the guts to do it. And then of course I didn't even bet on him to take uh, the spread, which right. I think they're getting seven points or something. So I'm like kicking myself. I'm like, if you were considering taking a money line, why didn't you lose to take the points? And I didn't either. Right. But shows you that I'm uh, not a good gambler. So yeah. <laughs> oh, I I, I, uh, I lost out on that one, but I was kicking myself. I'm like, why didn't I just at least take the points? Because I thought they had a chance in the game. But right. Yeah. No. He's. They've done a pretty good job. It, it's good to see. Like I said, college football this year is kind of fun. Uh, we got we got some different teams in the mix. I really, I'm really hoping that maybe Cincinnati makes a playoffs just to have a different team to give, just to add some life to the playoffs. I know
0: that if they play Georgia Alabama, they're probably going to get. I think anybody gets smoked. But I think since that win at Notre Dame is different win than most of those teams. That are you know Central Florida didn't have that win under on their resume going into the the playoff selection. Right, most most teams have not went into one of the powers and beat them. You know, the one year Houston be, did beat Oklahoma with uh, Tom Herman beat Oklahoma, but then they ended up losing later in the year, so it didn't matter. But they had that win that could have got them there. Uh, but that's what you have to have when you get that opportunity. Um, you got to take advantage of they did, and you know, and, and overall, you know, future big 12 teams, Cincinnati and BYU, both top 10 teams. <laughs>
1: I think I heard the stat, and I, I don't know if it's true. I again, it's one of those things I forgot to look up before we got started, but I heard that BYU's won 17 in our last 18 games. I don't know if that's Might true.
0: Have. they only lost one game last year, and they're undefeated this year, so it's probably, probably
1: true. It, it's something like that, that's pretty impressive. So BYU, Cincinnati they're fighting for the uh, the little guys I guess you'd call them uh,
0: yeah. which is good to see it's good to see these different yeah. teams they they're little well, they're little guys for now but they're really not little guys now and they know it oh and and you know Iowa Penn State yeah let's they're, talk let's talk about that I mean, that is a huge game and you know really the storyline is a game but then the other storyline is game day not going there and that is a whole political um, ESPN, SEC, that is just the power of college football saying, heck with you to everybody, but the SEC and ESPN network. That's all that. So I,
1: once I saw that game day wasn't going there, I was just kind of like, screw it, whatever. I really don't care what the reason is. Right. is that, was it simply, do you think that because Fox had the game, is it just like ESPN going, well, these two teams are going to SEC, and that's that's just where we're going?
0: Yeah. It's if this game, you cannot tell me that if this game wasn't on Fox at three o'clock, whatever three thirty, whatever it is, if it was on ABC at three thirty, it would have been a game day, guaranteed. Well, it
1: they've is, been,
0: it how is many times sem- have they been to this Texas Oklahoma game? 5, 10, 12, 15 times? I don't know. I mean, they don't go every year, but I mean, every other year, probably a lot. A lot of years they do, and uh, every other, but a lot,
1: yeah. I get. That what you're
0: saying and, and and you know it's an intriguing game don't kid yourself if you had to make a guess i would say texas is playing the best of any team in the big 12 right now um you know they have both, good momentum on their side yeah right. yeah they're playing the best now whether they are the best we don't know we're going to find out a good step on saturday oklahoma doesn't look great but they are still undefeated and still ranked sixth in the country you know and, and have everything you know again if you win you're in And you know, we've talked about this you win by one point every game. If Oklahoma is 13 and zero on December 5th or whatever day they are in the playoff with what's happened so far in the, the year. I mean, with Ohio state losing, you know, Oregon losing now. I mean, so now you really only have, you got Alabama, Georgia, um, AC, in the, like the ACC is out. out. The PAC 12 is out now, Michigan, you know, obviously if they run the table, they're in Notre Dame is out now with their loss. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Michigan's undefeated. So obviously Michigan's undefeated and Oklahoma's undefeated. There's your four. It's Alabama, Georgia, Michigan, and Oklahoma. And the yeah. team that everyone's forgotten about, sort of, is Ohio State. Right. They have one lot, but they do have the one loss. So they do, but if they beat Michigan and get to the Big Ten title game and, and win it. And that's going to be another argument where you've got an undefeated Oregon or a Oklahoma team versus uh, one-loss Ohio State team who lost to number three Oregon. Now, a lot of it's going to have to do with what Oregon does the rest of the year. If Oregon lo- goes and loses another game, that doesn't look good for Ohio State. Now, if Oregon goes and wins out, that's a one-loss, you know, that's a good. And then, you know, obviously Iowa is still right there undefeated. If Iowa goes undefeated, they are in. I mean, I don't care. I mean, because obviously they're going to be, you know, if if Iowa and Michigan play in the Big Ten title game is both undefeated, whoever wins that game goes. It, it's yeah. real simple. Um, it was won. like the year in 2015 or whatever it was when they right. played yep. state, whoever won yep. that game,
1: yep. it, it was a play into the play. Yeah, it was a essentially, play was
0: a, the It was a quarterfinal game is all that game was. Whoever yeah. wins that game moves on. Um, yeah. And that, that's exactly what it'll be if it's cause those are the only two teams. Well, I guess Michigan state is actually still undefeated as well. They I mean. are. So I guess we can't
1: rule them out, but
0: we figure that. Well, but, probably... but Mich- Michigan or Michigan state, one of them is going to lose cause they will play each other. So, I mean, right. they're, you know, um, if Iowa ends up undefeated, and then Michigan or Michigan State ends up—I mean, whoever wins that—yeah, Michigan State ends up undefeated. Yeah, you look at Michigan State; who they're going to have to beat to finish undefeated? They are definitely in. <laughs> well, and if you think
1: about, let's say Iowa wins Saturday, beats Penn State. Yep. Iowa could still play Penn State, Ohio State, Michigan, or Michigan State in the Big Ten title game because, yeah, depending on how the rest of that that division finishes out the rest of the year, or so. Yeah, again, in the Iowa game, I guess, uh, I saw the game opened as close to a pick or a one-point. I think right now it's about Iowa, two-point favorite, which that seems about right. These yeah, it, teams-
0: essentially it's a home, a home game for them, so they get yeah. a couple points. You know, that, that's exactly what that is. It is. It's a toss-up game. I think it's going to be one heck of a game. Kent, um, you know, I, I heard a, a good thing uh, either yesterday morning or this morning, I can't remember what it was, is can Iowa's defense – continue to just be really really good and then actually and then just be outstanding at the turnover battle because their game so far this year they're plus 12 overall in the turnover battle you know and obviously with six interceptions the other night it was four interceptions (laughs) against Iowa or Iowa State it was three interceptions against Penn or uh, Indiana if they do that again to Penn State they will win and they will win convincingly but but I think it was Tyler Cluver who was talking about this, the walk-on guy um, that does the podcast. He does a really good job. He said, if it's an even or maybe even just a plus one, is Iowa's offense good enough to win that game? We don't know that yet. It's not that they can't, but we just don't know because they haven't been asked to.
1: We haven't you seen know, it.
0: They've been able to score 30 points with 145 yards of offense because they've got the ball at the 30-yard line four times in the game. That's not their fault. It's not. It's just the way it is. But in this situation, if it doesn't happen that way, can Iowa's offense win the game for them? Not saying they can't. We just don't know it
1: yet. Yeah, we haven't exactly seen it. And you know, looking at Brett's a picture the other night, but you know, Iowa's got 12 interceptions on the year and only five passing touchdowns allowed, and that's been kind of the case over the last five years. So I'm expecting Iowa's defense to at least have two turnovers, need at least have two, but as long as Iowa's offense doesn't turn the ball over, we do our short runs, our short passes, pick up first downs, and then try to catch the defense snoozing, if you want to call it that, and pick up a big play. My prediction is Iowa 23, Penn State 20, but Kirk Ferentz, I believe, and I don't think he's ever beat Franklin yet. Why he's been at Penn State at least? I think he's owned 4 against him now. Kirk used to have Joe Pa's number. No,
0: he's not because he they beat Penn State last year really bad.
1: No, they didn't play last year, did they? Yeah, Iowa. I, I will played Penn State.
0: I'm almost positive. Let me look it up. Look it up, up. up Trev. I know Zach's going to be on our butts one way or oh, another. yeah. I'm I'm pretty and I think I would beat him pretty good last year. Maybe maybe I just forgot about it. Uh maybe I just thought last year didn't count. <laughs> um
1: let's see here. Get to the 2020 season. COVID six and two. Oh, they did. Okay, you're right. What was the score? Uh they won at Penn State 41-21. I apologize. Right. I forgot yeah. about that game. Uh so yeah, my bad. So he has he has beaten them then. So yep. three and one or three and one or four and one now. Yep. So um, good call on that. But we'll, we'll see what happens in the game. I, I think I was got a little better team. They're playing at home. They've had a little extra time. How much that matters. I don't know.
0: I, I don't you know, think that matters so much. That, that, that
1: doesn't as much. It's more just being at home, but Sean Clifford, the Penn state quarterback, he's got 11 touchdowns on the year, three picks. Uh, Noah Kane, Kevin Lee, they're the two running backs. Jahan Dotson is the main receiver for Penn State. He's got six touchdowns on the year, a lot of receptions and yards. And then one, one guy I thought to pay attention to for Penn State is their field goal kicker, Jordan Stout. He's two for four for field goals over 40 yards this year. So he looks like he might be a little bit shaky on the longer ones. And knowing how these two teams play defensive football, that that could be the deciding factor in the game.
0: Yeah. I mean, I mean, you look at the history of this game overall, it's been what you would classify big 10 football. You know, what was six ten 10 to six, one game with defensive touchdown, I think. Well, there was one year
1: where Kirk Ferentz intentionally took a, a safety. Right. I think, I think that was a six to four
0: game. I think they were, I think they were leading six to two and he intentionally took a safety. Yeah, six to four. And then obviously, you have, I can't remember what year it was. Iowa beat Penn State when they were ranked two or three and in Kinnick and the last (laughs) second field goal. Yep. Last second field goal for the win. And then obviously, last time it was in Iowa City, you know, Penn State scores on the last play of the game to Saquon Barkley, um, just barely over the outstretched uh, defender's hand. And then obviously, last year was different. But, you know, this game has a history of, of being a really, really good game. Yeah,
1: and I'm I'm glad you brought up last year because I totally forgot about that game. I don't know how I missed that, but I did somehow. Um, but these these games are typically always really good ones. And you know, I, Penn State versus Iowa was probably my favorite big 10 matchup. I know Zach likes the Wisconsin one. I can hear you even because that's that's always a fun one. But
0: and you know with, with Kirk being from there, you know, Western Pennsylvania their area, and so and they recruit a lot of guys from that area. Uh, so that's just, it's kind of, it's a big game for him.
1: It is a really big game. This is probably one of the top two or three biggest Iowa games that I've been live for. I'd say the orange bowl, a couple of the orange bowls, the big
0: 10 championship and this with, but, and they said, the you know, obviously this is the biggest game according to rankings, you know, um, since, number one versus number two in 1985 against Michigan. When Iowa was number one, Michigan was number two in 1985. Um, and then, you know, the, the 2015 game essentially was a quarterfinal game uh, for the playoffs, and and I don't remember what they were ranked. They weren't three and four. I think uh, it was four and five. Yeah, so, I mean or, five or whatever it was, yeah. But yeah so, I mean, it, was, it wasn't quite as highly ranked, but, you know, it was really, really close. It had been, yeah, three and six or three and five or – because I think I was Iowa three then? I think they were. Versus what game was that? The, the 2015. I, or was Iowa maybe, four? Maybe they
1: were. I, I can't quite remember, but I, I just know whatever the ranking was, it didn't matter. Whoever won the game was Right, them. exactly, yeah. Going to win Alabama. And, yeah. What Michigan State had to do, didn't <laughs> turn out good, and looking how Iowa played against Stanford, <laughs> it wouldn't have been good for Iowa either, probably. So. No, no. no. Uh, which is no – not too big of a deal. Those teams don't play very good against Alabama. So no shame there. Right. For Michigan State. And, you know, just looking at after this game, they've got Iowa has Purdue at home. And then they have a two week, two weeks off. That's their little bye week. And they're at Wisconsin, which I kinda like that. Uh you know, Wisconsin's kind of down right now, but that's still always a tough game because yep. Iowa Wisconsin play similar football. So it's nice to have two weeks to prepare for them, even if they're not where they usually are right now this time of
0: year absolutely and you know if, if you had to make a guess at the team playing the best out of the west uh it might be nebraska right now actually they look a lot better you know obviously that that first uh week was a debacle uh, but they should have beat michigan state that should not have been a loss played oklahoma close you know killed northwestern this last week um you know so they're playing better football um, and then, like you said, Wisconsin doesn't look very good. Minnesota lost to Bowling Green, who's one of the worst teams in the country. Northwestern doesn't look good. I'll be honest, I don't know much about Purdue. Um, but they're, they're, Purdue. they're Purdue, yeah. They're, they're not bad. I mean, they're going to be around 500. Um, but, you know, if I had to make a guess, you know, I would say Nebraska. And then Nebraska always plays Iowa tough. And it's is it, is it Friday after Thanksgiving again, just like it usually is?
1: I assume it is. Let me check real quick.
0: Um, I don't think that
1: that game has changed as far as I know. Uh, yeah, so Friday. So Iowa and I would say both be playing on Friday then Yep. after Thanksgiving. And so yeah, I know uh, Nebraska, you're right. They've been playing a little bit better. Maybe Frost and the gang know it's their their time's coming to an end here. They got to really pick it up and I, I don't know what's gonna happen there. I, I think Michigan beats them. I think I saw Michigan was yep. favored by three or three and a
0: half and yeah I, I like Michigan in that game. But yeah, Nebraska. I do but if Nebraska wins course. it, I mean, you know, you got to put them right behind Iowa in, in the Big Ten West. Yeah, let's what what is our record? Let's see here. Um they're three and three. So yeah, they've got they've already got two losses. I mean, so I mean, Iowa may be able to, to lose to them at the end of the year and still go the Big Ten title game. I'm just with everybody. Uh, with- yeah, the, the good news for Iowa
1: was, yeah, uh, Nebraska got Michigan, Ohio State, Wisconsin, and Iowa, so, <laughs> uh, plus Purdue and Minnesota. But yeah, it's Iowa right now looks like they're not locked to be in the Big Ten championship, but things are looking pretty good. Right, you don't get too excited, and so we'll. We'll see what happens Saturday. I, I think I will. I think they have a little, a little bit better of a team. I think it's going to be close, obviously.
0: It, it all comes down to their defense. I mean, if their defense creates turnovers like they have all year, you know, and that's what they're saying is, you know, our, our, our defenses and turnovers, you know, that's kind of the big argument. And I know at Iowa State, we have this conversation is it is it fluky? Is it just by chance? Well, the way I was played this year and with all those turnovers, it can't be all by chance. You know, every time the ball goes to a defender and he catches it isn't by chance, you know, if it's 12 times on the year already, you know, right. um, that means they're doing their job. It means they're in the right sp- places. And then obviously and then they're making the plays. you know, which is just a great thing to have happen. And, you know, and Iowa's been healthy. I mean, that's another thing is I know Kirk Ferentz said at his press conference uh, yesterday or today uh, that they're healthy. And, you know, and that's a huge deal. Uh, don't get that actually might be the most important stat uh, for any of those top teams, you know, especially a team like Iowa, you know, they're ranked number three, but, you know, if a certain guy goes down, you know, like if their center goes down, uh, yeah. the best center, in the, uh, they, they aren't going to replace him with f- another all-conference player. Yeah, we're not Alabama. Or- no, you're not going to replace him, a, 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 somebody that isn't proven, but is really good and was recruited really good and would play a lot of places the Iowa guy might be really good but he's either good he's either going to be good but he's really young like a true freshman or he's not there yet you know so no exactly and,
1: and like you said with with Iowa's defense I'm just looking at. I think they have 76 interceptions over the
0: last five well, years it's unbelievable I mean it really is and it, it is not a fluke they do a great job and Phil Parker does a great job um and they they need that to, to continue for this game for sure.
1: Yeah, over the last five years, they have more interceptions and passing touchdowns allowed, which it's it's working. And and like you said, staying healthy is a big part of it. They've they've got the scheme figured out, they've got the players that they've wanted. But you're right though, We don't we don't want to lose a cute player because it's not like Alabama or Georgia or the old recently Clemson where we can just throw another guy in. Now it might work, but it's gonna be a lot tougher than what those
0: what those schools have to do. Yeah. So, Oh, absolutely. No, I. the
1: only complaint I have, it's not even game day. I just wish it was a night game.
0: I wish it was. It, it would o'clock. be cool if it was at six o'clock. But. That's,
1: that's my only complaint. I know game day is not going to be there. It's like, all right. Now there? they do have
0: the, the Fox game, you know, so, so Bob Stoops will be there. So that'll be a big deal. So they're going to, they'll have a good story on that with Stoops and the Stoops family being in Iowa guys and uh, coming back. And so he should get a good, you know, and, and that's what people don't understand is I think Bob soups has that job if he wants it. But they did want to go interview Ferentz or interview somebody else. And Stoops said no. So then he took the Oklahoma job or he didn't like that. You know, I wouldn't. It wasn't like he told him, no. You know, he said, you can't do that. I think uh, I think Bowlesby was the AD at the time. Um, wanted to interview some more people. And he said, no, you either offer it to me now or I'm going to Oklahoma. And they didn't. And then obviously it's worked out really well now it worked out for Bob Stoops too. So you can say it worked out for everybody involved. Stoops was won a national title and played for all kinds of conference titles and everything. And, and Kirk Ferentz has done just unbelievable things at, at Iowa, uh, you know, the best coach in Iowa history. And and I really don't think it's close. He's, He's done more than what Hayden Fry did more consistent. Um, you know, but, uh, than even Hayden Fry did. So, and I think he has the most wins and he'll have a statue up outside that stadium whenever he wants to call it quits. Yeah. The whole Bob
1: soup situation that was before my time. So you, you probably remember that. that's little... I was in college. So, I mean, I not that, you know, you're that much older than I am. It's just before I paid attention to all the coaching maneuvers and things like that, but no, I, I hope Iowa can get the win. Uh keep the streak going and and just kind of looking at my phone here, I see it's the top of the eighth and the Red Sox are up six to one on the Yankees, which I know you're happy about. I don't mind seeing it. Yankees losing. So uh, we, we kind of covered Herb Meyer's mess. He's, uh, it's going to be a tough week for him, not a tough week. It's going to be a tough year for him. And I'll just end with this. If, if Herb Meyer can survive this season as a Jags coach, if he, if he goes all 17 weeks and he's on the sideline week one of next year, just give him coach of the year for the, and that. he's going to have to walk into every stadium every week, even his own stadium with fans yelling. You can imagine what they're going to do. Oh, be. yeah. If he survives this, if he has the guts to, to stick this out, I'll have to give him some props for that.
0: So if you had to put probability on this, and I, I saw something that – does he last past the bye week cuz they go to london and then they have a bye i'm pretty sure does he survive that time so their
1: their bye coming up yeah. i well i'm i'm surprised he's still there right now to be honest uh, all day today i was like boy i'm just waiting for my phone to the yahoo thing to go off and say the jaguars have fired Urban Meyer. <laughs> <laughs> um so he's got he's got two games they've got tennessee this week and miami both at home and then which I guess I don't know if one of those games is in London, but they got those two games, and then Week Seven is their bye week, and then they're at Seattle. So that, mi-
0: that Miami game must be in London.
1: That that's probably the one. Um, yeah, because seven thirty a.m. I'm looking at here. Uh, I I don't know. Uh, the owner doesn't want to fire him because they, they they have to do a big payout on the contract. I,
0: well, unless they can find, I mean, you would have to look at his contract and. There, most contracts do have a morality clause. I mean, there is now. You're still gonna have to pay him something. Probably not full payout, but it's not. It's not like a lot what he, of money. It's uh, not like what he like we talked about. It's not. It's not good what he did, but it's not the end of the world that what he did either. You know.
1: No, it's just a combination and oh, it's and a,
0: yeah. blowing up. But I. I I don't know. I mean, given
1: his past. It's easy to see how he just takes the easy way out here and says, "Oh, my heart's not in it. I got to focus on family. I, I effed up. I wish he did." Um, yeah. I'd like to see him gut it out and just do seventeen weeks of. Pure I'd like, yeah, I'd like to see it. I, I think that proves something to his players. And then again, maybe he's got a chance to come back the following year. Maybe they, maybe they play good at the end of the year, win a few games or something, and it's not as bad as we think it is. But I don't know. You start looking at Joe Brady, Brian Dayball, uh,
0: Eric Bieniemy, future head coaches. Was, well. was was Dayball the coach at uh, Buffalo for a while? Well, he's the office coordinator still. I, I believe he's
1: been there ever since they drafted Josh Allen. Okay, because he left Alabama to go there as the old coordinator. And every year, Josh Allen's gotten better. And Josh Allen came from Wyoming and was a mess. And I believe Buffalo paid a lot of money to keep him there, which I think was a smart move, obviously. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I just – I I'd have a lot more respect for Urban if – you know, there's a lot of factors of player, but if he sticks around all season and toughs it out, I'll, I'll have a little bit more respect for him. If he, if he leaves in a week or two or three, I know there's a lot more behind the scenes with contracts and stuff that we don't know about. But if he just comes out and says, yeah, I'm done – that's going to be a legacy to our farm, I think. But we'll see. There's, We'll know a lot more here in a few weeks.
0: Oh, absolutely. So,
1: All right. Anything else, Trev? That is it. Go Hawks. I State's on a bye, and uh, let's be glad we're not Urban Meyer. Yeah,
0: exactly. <laughs> all right. Well, thanks a lot. We'll talk to you next week.
1: All right. Have a good night.
0: Thank you for listening to Morgan The Asked For Podcast. If you like what you hear, click the like button or hit subscribe if you want to hear more episodes from Morgan The Asked For Podcast. Also, if you would like to comment or with any show ideas or anything, please contact me at Morgan, Podcast at gmail.com or on Twitter at RyanMorgan34.